Why do we work hard to solve small problems? Why do we reinvent ourselves and our clients over and over? And why are we giving away marketing strategy for free? It's time to bring home bigger paychecks. It's time to create the lifestyle we deserve and to make a greater impact. This is the Fractional CMO Show, and I'm Casey Stanton. Join me as we explore this growing industry and learn to solve bigger problems. Hey, it's Casey here, and welcome back to another episode. In this episode, we're going to get into maybe, I don't know, some kind of history lessons, because I think this is really important as a fractional CMO. So the first one I want to talk about is the hedonic treadmill. Are you familiar with that term, the hedonic treadmill? So just a quick Google says the hedonic treadmill, also known as hedonic adaptation, is the observed tendency of humans to quickly return to a relatively stable level of happiness despite major positive or negative events or life changes. Why do I bring this up? Well, your income is going to change when you're a fractional CMO. You're going to have more free time, but will your happiness change? It's kind of the question. That's what I'm getting to here. Ultimately, Happiness, I think, is kind of a choice. You know, you can choose to be happy. Um, but you think to yourself, oh, man, when I make this amount of money, I think I will feel this way. And I think what research has shown us is that we're really bad as humans at predicting our emotional state into the future, like based on a life event, right? Based on some outcome happening. So the hedonic treadmill, how I see it and, and how I'm kind of suggesting that you apply it is think about what it would be like to have an outcome that you want, but also know that once you achieve that outcome, you're going to be hungry for more. I can think back to when I joined the Glazer Kennedy Insider Circle Ann Arbor chapter, ran by a guy named Derek Freund, uh, back in 2000 and I guess it was eh, 8, 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. I was living in Ann Arbor uh, in my sister's basement and um, couldn't afford really anything. Um, just like cheap beer. And, uh, um, I don't even think I was getting takeout those days, right? Just like making smoothies. Like that's all I could really afford. Um, and I wanted to get into marketing. I, uh, found the Glazer Kennedy insider circle. I paid for like the first month and then I just ran out of money and couldn't pay for more. And the guy, Derek, let me, um, kind of work off the, uh, the monthly debt. I think it was maybe 150 bucks a month. It was really kind of him. Um, so I would do things like label his CDs and sweep the floors and kind of prep for events and grab catering food and, and whatever. And I remember at one of the meetings saying, I want to take this company idea that I had. This was years ago. I, I kind of wanted to get into the, the, like the health and fitness space. And I said, if I could just bring in $40,000 a year. And I loved it because it was so approachable. I'm freshly out of college, doing it on my own, 40 grand a year. That would have been pretty great. Um, that was like where I kind of made my mark for success. Well, I wasn't able really to get traction in that business. So then I started doing some kind of service work and I joined an agency and, um, long story short, my income surpassed $40,000 a month. But if you would have asked me all along the way, that number 40,000 grew to 50,000 to 60,000 to a hundred thousand to 200,000 to 300,000, to 400,000, to a half million, to 600,000. Like it just climbs up and up and up. The hedonic treadmill does that to you. It's this adaptation that like you're there. So the good stuff must be beyond where you're at. I recently saw a a data set that said 
you know, everyone thinks that they're middle class. You talk to people that are super poor and they think, eh, kind of in the lower middle class, I'm in middle class. You talk to people that are bringing in two, $300,000 a year and they're like, well, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in middle class too, right? Are they in the middle class? It's kind of a, kind of a funny question. It's this idea that the good stuff is beyond where you're at and you got to keep going for it. And why I think this is important to kind of bring up in the discussion of being a fractional CMO is you got to set out with the end in mind. Because you can always make more money as a fractional CMO. It is not impossible for you to bring home a million dollars a year as a fractional CMO. It's not impossible. It requires a certain type of work and working with a certain type of clients that can afford those rates. And they tend to be in environments where you can make an impact that has such an outsized value to them that they're eager to pay you super high rates for it. Right? You can't do that selling $5 widgets with a $4 COGS. Right? You're never going to be the CMO, the fractional CMO that brings home seven figures from that. But the, the question that you got to start with is what's the outcome? What's the end that you want? You got to really be committed to that for a level of satisfaction. You know, it's, it's when a member joins the CMOX Accelerator and they're making ten dollars or $15,000 a month. Um, and they say, yeah, I want to grow that. I want to double it. And then they achieve that double, but they're not satisfied. Part of me appreciates that lack of satisfaction, right? Like, I'm not done until I'm done. I'll tell you when I'm done, right? I want more. I want it faster. I want it easier. Like, there's something very, I don't know, American about that kind of mentality. I, I like that. I like that drive. You can kind of feel it from someone. It's, it's palpable when, when you're around driven people. But there's a satisfaction that you can have in having more dimension to what you do than just making the money, right? Than just being the, the, the power player who's helping big companies do big things. There's, there's, a, there's a dynamic to that in your life um, that can be your one thing or it can be the thing that provides the capital for these other things, so maybe you're listening to this close to the end of the year. And if you are, it's typically a time when we're a little self-reflective. My question is like, really, what do you want? I was just on a, a, a men's retreat. We went up to the White Mountains of New Hampshire, flew into Boston, got in with, uh, got in a couple of trucks with nine other guys. I only knew one of them. I didn't know the rest of them. And um, we drove up to uh, the White Mountains and got our gear out of the truck, our backpacks and our food and our water filters and our jet boils and our tents and our sleeping pads and our pocket knives and a lot of trail mix, <laughs> like a lot of trail mix, uh, hiking poles, right? Got all the stuff out. Um, and we walked away from that car, right? We walked away from our trucks and, and we left for, um, I guess it was seven full days that we were, six full days that we were gone. Um, just hiking. And we, we climbed up Mount Kerrigan. We went up Desolation Trail for it. Um, hell of a hike. Uh, and did a lot of reflection during that time. It was kind of a time of solitude and reflection. Um, really found it to be just a great experience. And the question that I kind of sat with for a lot of that event was, what do I want? That's it. There's like, what do I want? 
And, and it's a question for you. I mean, it's almost like a Zen koan, like it's unanswerable, right? You can't answer, what do I want? But you certainly can meditate on it. And you can apply it to, what do I want out of my personal relationships? What do I want out of my life experience as a parent? What do I want out of work, out of feelings of usefulness? What do I want on impact? What number do I want to see on my fidelity investments? How big do I want to get my nest egg? Do I want to create generational wealth? Do I want to donate a bicycle a week to a kid that lives in the city? Like, what, what, like what is it? Like, what do you want? It's such a tough question, and, and, and I'm just so excited to, like, have had a little bit of time to reflect on it and just keep it in the back of my brain. The hedonic treadmill says, once you get what you want, you'll want more. But I think there's something really, really special about having some reflection and seeing what do I want? Is being a fractional CMO the way to do it? Or some of it, right? Certainly can't solve all of the things in my life, like the relationship with my wife or my parenting or whatever. Um, but if you reflect on what do I want, and then fractional CMO is part of it, becoming a fractional CMO, having a consultancy, you know, what does your revenue need to be for it? I, I really think that there's nothing uh, moral about income. I don't, I don't think there's anything moral about people that make 20 grand a year or people that make a million a year or 5 million a year or more. Like, it, there's no morality to it. I mean, you can do bad things to earn the money, sure, but assuming that you're not doing things that hurt people, um, there's no morality to it. So if you want to make 100 grand a year and that pays for the lifestyle that you desire, amazing. I'm so happy for you. Maybe it's 200, 300, 500, 600, 700, whatever, whatever the number is for you, you just got to get clear on it. Spend some time reflecting on what do you want? Because once you get it, if you don't have a plan for it, you're just going to want more and more, and it's going to become kind of just insidious. Uh, there's plenty of successful people that I've met, and I'm sure you've met them too, that check the box, 10 out of 10, they've got career and money figured out. But do they have love figured out? Do they have life figured out? Do they have self-reflection figured out? Do they have their spirituality figured out? Right, do they have their impact figured out? Do they have hobbies? I mean, that's a whole other discussion, this whole idea that, in the future, we may have more free time. Robots may take away jobs. Right? Automation may take away jobs, which leaves people without jobs. That's going to happen. You know, maybe we'll see a resurgence of art and music. I think that's life-affirming and really exciting. So it's like really, I think it's really powerful to sit right now and say, what do I want? What do I want? So I know when I get there, it's actually what I wanted. And it's not a Pyrrhic victory. Ooh, that's another one for you. Pyrrhic victory. What's a Pyrrhic victory? A Pyrrhic victory is a victory that inflicts such a devastating toll on the victor that it is tantamount to defeat. Such a victory negates any true sense of achievement or damages long-term progress. All right. What's a Pyrrhic victory? A Pyrrhic victory is when you saddle up, commit, outwork everybody else at the cost of your health, of your relationships, of your family, of your community, of, of whatever you hold dear, you let that all go so that you can do that one thing. 
Maybe that's a Pyrrhic victory. Maybe it's a victory, right? I'll tell you when I wrote my book, The Fractional CMO Method, um, it took a lot of time. It was like six really committed months. I've never written a book before. I, I had to learn a tremendous amount. It was difficult. Um, that was a victory to complete it. It the the cost while I was working a lot of nights and weekends kind of on it and reading stuff and learning and talking to experts and all that kind of stuff. I didn't actually have an outcome that was negative. I had an outcome that was really positive for me. I've also seen other people that have grown their businesses dramatically faster than I've ever grown my business, right? These people can strap rocket fuel and jets to businesses and blow them up but they do that at the cost of burning people out, burning themselves out. And yeah, maybe their company hits some revenue target, but how's the EBITDA? How's their quality of life? It's just just something to consider. Is it worth the outcome? Yeah, sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. So you got to know kind of beforehand. The next component of this it's really, there's, there's kind of four things here. Uh, the next component here is, is, is what got you here won't get you there. You know that to be true. I didn't come up with that. I don't even know whose quote that is at, at this point. But it's true. You got to where you are, which is exactly where you're supposed to be right now. And you want to go somewhere else. You kind of say, what do I want? What do I want? <laughs> right? And you, as you answer that question, you start thinking about it. Well, Having a little focus will help you get towards it, but you probably need new tools and techniques. What got you here won't get you there. So what are you going to do different? How are you going to actually rise up and actually get the thing that you want? And be just so focused. David Data has this really great book called The Way of the Superior Man. Um, I think it's just one of those just really great texts. Um, you know, you don't have to read every single word and love everything he says, but I think some of his general ideas and approaches are, are pretty strong. Um, like, discover your purpose and then live it. And the question is, how do I find out my purpose? Is it to save, you know, a thousand orphans? I mean, it might be for you, but it's spending the time to figure out what that purpose is, what that thing is, what do I want, and then figuring out how to get it. And there is nothing quite like a person, a man, a woman, a person who is on a mission to make something happen. The world, the universe will bow down to them to help them make it happen. Yeah, there'll be trials and tribulations and challenges along the way, but the whole world comes to the person who says with complete sincerity and focus what they want. They also know that what got them to where they are won't get them past where they're at. There's a ceiling of complexity that they're at. They got to break through that. How do they do that? Maybe it's systems. Maybe it's insights. This is the fourth thing. I'll tell you one major thing that people miss. It's community. It's community. You can do it alone. Yeah, you can do it alone. But will you have as much fun and will you do it as fast as you can do it in community? I don't know about you, but I like speed and I like fun. I like the people I work with. I like to have fun with people. I like to enjoy my work. I don't like to dread it. I often find myself, you know, making a latte downstairs and coming up to my office excited about what I'm about to do. I'm excited. Like, I can feel this excitement. It's because I'm in community of other people that are excited to be there, too. You can build that community yourself, or you can find a community that's a good fit for you. But these are all things that you need to be thinking about. Ultimately, what do you want? If you're working right now a full-time job, take a sick day. I dare you to take a sick day 
Go someplace beautiful and go just sit on this question. Turn off your phone. Bring a sandwich. Spend all day. Answer the question, what do I want? Figure out what you want. Make sure the achievement of it is an empiric victory. Make sure that you're not sacrificing more than you're gaining. Understand that what got you here won't get you there. And probably one of the things that you're missing is an energetic, excited group of people who are eager to have similar outcomes as you and want to see you successful. I'm from a small town in northern Michigan. I got a couple buddies I still keep in touch with. But that's not my community. Those are just like some homies, right? Some old buds. But they're not, they're not my community. I had to create my community because I was going to do something that they, ha- they weren't doing. Those people aren't just doing what I'm up to. I'm growing in a different way. So I had to build that community. That's what we got at the CMOX Accelerator. That's what we have every single week. We do live calls. The community jumps on. We support one another. We all share best practices, what's working. We've got some great trainings. We're rolling out just a ton of back-to-back trainings um, last month and this month and next month. Um, We're doing a big uh, quarterly plan event um, next month. So all of our CMOs are building their strategy so that come Jan 1, they're booking new business. All these businesses that want to hire a fractional CMO in Q1, they're going to be in communication with those companies and like ready to sign that proposal if they like their, these potential clients. It's like, that's, that's the community. That's the spirit that we've developed. If that sounds like something that you're missing, I'd love to support you. You can book a call with my team at cmox.co slash call and chat with our team for 15 minutes and ask a couple questions. We'll ask you a few more. If it sounds good, then we'll move you on to the next person. They'll ask you a couple more questions, kind of get into your background, really see if we can help you. Um, we certainly don't want to trick you if we can't help you, right? We don't want to take your money if, if, if we can't help you. Um, but if we really have conviction that we can help you um, and help you build a practice that makes a half million dollars a year or more as a fractional CMO, I'd, I'd love to help you, right? Not everyone can build a practice to a half million a year. Not everyone needs to build a practice to a half million dollars a year. There are plenty of people that would just be thrilled if they made an extra $10,000 a month or $20,000 a month, right? What I love about being a fractional CMO, though, it's a vehicle that can drive really far. If you only need to go from here to the corner, that's cool. But if you want to go from here to the other side of the world, you can do that too. And a fractional CMO as a role, it's not going anywhere. Companies need it more than ever before. Demand is growing dramatically It's the perfect time for you to jump into this blue ocean, put your stake in the ground, and be the fractional CMO that these companies need. So book a call with us if we can help you. Um, And if not, totally cool. Keep checking out these podcasts. Um, uh, I'd love to hear if if you're digging these and any other topics you'd like me to cover. You can shoot me an email, grow at cmox.co. My team helps me kind of collect all the emails there, and I review them. So I'll read your email if you send it. Just send it to grow at cmox.co. All right. Talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more information and episodes, visit our site at fractionalcmoshow.com. Go ahead and punch that like and subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot, at least to my mom. 